Covering the crew all season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue, here is your host, Dominic Catronio. <sighs> okay, I think I can exhale finally. Holy cow, what a win for the Brewers. What a series for the Brewers. What a road trip so far for the Brewers. This has been a really, really interesting June. They're starting to hit their stride again. The bullpen is on fire. 17 and a third consecutive scoreless innings. Another one-run win. They're 14 and four in one-run games. The manager is managing. The pitches are pitching. The offense, eh, we'll talk about it. But Adrian Hauser pitched great. A quality start for him. The bullpen locked things down. It got stressful for Devin there in the ninth, but he gets the job done. Jerry Augustine here on the program. Jerry, I, I can't quite put it into words how much Piguero, Piomps, and Williams do for a team. I mean, we've been spoiled for the last three-plus years knowing what the formation was going to be, right? Boxberger, Williams, Hayter. And coming into this year, we didn't know what it was going to be. And now, here in June, as we always say, you find out who you are in June to find out what you need in July. And the Brewers have found the Pagero piomps williams formula might be the formula for success. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I tell you what, you can't give enough, uh, enough praise to Matt Arnold what he did. They should go up and get a restructured bullpen. And they knew going in that they, they, they had to do something with the bullpen this year. And you know, we all know that you can't win a pennant. You can't get to the playoffs. can't do well in the playoffs unless you have a good bullpen. And uh, what Craig Council has done has been magic. Uh, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to Chris Hook and what they did and what he does with the pitching staff. But Craig has a unique way of getting confidence in these guys. And when you got a bullpen and you get guys in in a position where they're going to have success, all of a sudden, that success starts building on these guys. They start getting the confidence, and then they're really good. And you take a guy like Pagaro. Guy comes in, and what's his magic pitch? It's a good sinking fastball. What does he do? He gets a ground ball and double play. You get Piamps in there. What does he do? Good fastball, inside part of play. He can throw for strikes. Good breaking ball. And then you got Williams with the good changeup, and he stayed with it tonight. It was big for him in that last inning. So their bullpen has really paid uh, big dividends for him, but that's the way you win. You win with a bullpen. You had Milner in there tonight, and I'm going to tell you what, they did really well, and getting off to a 5-2 start on this road trip is huge. Three scoreless innings from the bullpen tonight. It's 17 in the third consecutive scoreless innings from the pen. They have a 1-5-0 ERA over the last 12 games. That's over the stretch of 42 innings. They've only allowed seven earned runs over the last 42 innings. That's some ridiculous stuff for a unit that, quite frankly, we didn't know a lot about coming out of spring training. And for them, I mean, baseball sickos, I mean, true diehards of the sport were the only ones that were going to know of Piguero and of Piomps. Brewers fans knew about how important Hobie Milner was to this team last season. But the performance, as you said, you gave credit to Hook. You gave credit to Council. You could see Council wrestling with the decision to keep Hobie Milner in there uh, in the uh, sixth inning before setting the stage for one of the big double plays, or in the seventh inning before setting the stage for one of the big double plays in this game. But it, it's, it's, we talk about a lot with good offense being contagious. It feels like good pitching, and this bullpen 
it's certainly been contagious to this point, but I'm a little worried of how much they've been used and relied on as of late. Yeah, you know, it was a, it's a tough decision. You got Hobie Milner in there, who's a guy who just done an outstanding job, and you got Pogero in there. But I think what set the stage, if you watch the way that Pogero's been throwing the ball lately, he's had so much confidence in that good sinking fastball. He's been able to throw it on the outer half, and when he goes in on the right-hand hitter, it's almost like a left-handed slider on the inside part of the plate or a cutter on the inside part of the plate. It's that effective with such great movement down. And, you know, you need those guys. Sometimes it's not your uh, guys you say that are my, my stoppers, but maybe it's those quality guys that, that pick, up the, pick up and get you a hold here and there. And I tell you what, when you talk about Milner and you talk about Pogaro, those guys who finish those sixth and seventh innings are so huge. And then Piams, what he's done lately in that eighth inning, is it plays really big and just sets the stage for the small club to go out and say, you know what? We're starting to build that confidence. Confidence for what? The second half of the season to be really dominant and get out and get a good lead and win this division and go into the playoffs. And they're setting that stage with this pitching staff in the bullpen. It's been really fun to watch the last few games here in this road trip in particular. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620 if you want to join us here on the program. This one from Mike in Colorado, dealing with some hail out there. I uh, saw they got really delayed in Dodger State uh, for the Dodgers and Rockies. But anyway, Mike says an excellent win tonight. Hats off to Hauser, Terang, the bullpen, and Williams. Don't forget Craig Council, too. He kept the guys focused and managed to a solid win this evening despite a runners in scoring position performance of 1 for 7 and 10 left on base. Salute to Craig Council. Appreciate that here, Mike. Uh, I, I want to talk about Adrian Hauser, though, Augie. I, today, here's a guy that... A couple of games ago, he was out of the bullpen against Cleveland, essentially a live bullpen. The uh, the previous start to that, he was throwing extended relief in a blowout game, p- trying to finish the game, throwing 70-something pitches out of the bullpen. And now here he is in a six-man rotation. He's going to get another start here before the end of the first half, before they decide what to do when Brandon Woodruff's timeline is settled. But I, I thought aside from two pitches, Adrian Hauser was phenomenal tonight against the Mets. Six innings, seven hits, two runs, the back-to-back homers, just one walk in the first inning, and five strikeouts. I thought he was efficient tonight. I, you know, he got a couple balls up, and they, they were able to take advantage of him. Uh, but that happens in the game of baseball, and you, you look at what he's been able to do. I think one thing that Adrian Hauser's been able to do is kind of, he's found out that versatility as a pitcher is worth a lot and keeps you in the game for a long time. And he's the kind of guy that he could can pitch out of the bullpen, give you a multi-innings, pitch one inning, do whatever he has to do out of the bullpen, but can be that big starter. And I, I think the base, what I like about him tonight is his efficiency. He used his sinker. He stayed ahead of hitters. And you look, he, he threw 89 pitches, of which 58 were strikes. Now you're looking at a percentage, high 60% of pitches are strike zone. That's quality. I mean, being able to keep – Keep that pitch down. He uses breaking ball effectively, but he gets that sinker down in the strike zone and pitches down. He can be effective. And I tell you, the one thing I liked about him, he tried to pitch ahead, and when he got ahead, he stayed ahead. He really made the he really made the the Mets hitters go after pitches outside the strike zone a little bit. And that's what I like about a, a pitcher who can get quality pitches, get ahead of hitters, and expand that strike zone. And I thought Adrian did a nice job tonight. And to your point about getting ahead. After the back-to-back home runs, over the final 14 batters that he faced, only one of them saw a three-ball count. I mean, he, the walks are always going to be his Achilles heel, and the fact they only had one walk, the first batter of the game, and then quickly erased it on double play, one, one of the things that he does better than almost anybody on this team, getting ground balls. Uh, I, I love this as a stabilizing start for him. 
it's proof that he can still pitch the contact. Uh, I mean, of his five strikeouts, three of them were looking. They were all on the sinker, I believe. And the the thing with Hauser, you don't need him to do six shutout innings every time. This is plenty. This is plenty. You were feeling great about that moving forward, knowing you had the bullpen ready to go and how badly they wanted to win this series today. Uh, we got more with Augie, more with you as well, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. We're with you until 1030 tonight, so hang up late with us and uh, get ready for Pittsburgh on the way. I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. That's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. More to come on Brewers Extra Innings after this. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Catchers get no love. Catchers... They're the the thankless warriors of the baseball field. And I'm not saying that just because I'm an ex-catcher here, Augie. It's because Victor Caratini's reason why the Brewers won this game tonight and gave them a chance to win the contest. And I I talk about catchers as a whole being underappreciated. Think about the backup catcher that's a switch hitter as well. Victor Caratini, a clutch two-run homer off of Max Scherzer on the first pitch he saw in that at-bat against Max. It turned out to be the only runs that he would allow was in the top of the sixth inning and the last inning of work for him. The Brewers would take the lead for good in the seventh inning on the sack fly from Brian Anderson. But for for Caratini, who was waiting for his turn in the last couple of games, to go two for three today with that clutch home run, he also drew a walk as well. Very quietly, Vic is hitting two fifty eight. A 717 OPS out of your backup catcher man in the 110 plate appearances, knowing that the keys were given to Will, uh, William Contreras. Sign me up, man. I, I, I am so happy for Vic Caratini and how hard he's worked. He is in a walk year, by the way. So for him to be performing like this at this point in the season, that you don't feel like there's a drop off when your backup catcher's in the game, can only mean good things for the Brewers moving forward. You know, the one thing about uh, Victor. Caratini is, you know, I may go all the way back to his days with the Cubs, and you can really tell in the Cubs that, you know, he knew he was a backup catcher to Contreras there. He knew he was going to get time to play, but every time you see him in the game, he was able to go in and compete and handle the pitchers well, throw the ball well with runners trying to steal bases, but at the plate, he'd always be give you a good at-bats, and I thought that he went to San Diego, and I looked at, looked at the season before the Brewers got him. He played like 100 ball games. Now, for a backup catcher, and in San Diego, 100 games—that's a lot of that's a lot of catching games for a catcher, backup catcher. But I could tell that you know he's the kind of guy that handles pitchers, and he will give you the best he can at the plate. And I'll tell you what—I thought when they picked him up was huge when they had got a situation where they had to have a catcher picking up Caratini, and he's just stepped in and he's just done a great job. And it's one thing to be a, a, a major league baseball player; it's another thing to know your job and to be able to do a good job at it. And I tell you what, he's been a very important part of this ball club, just the way he handles himself as a professional when he goes out and plays, but also the way he is as a good team player. 
And then the anatomy of that seventh inning was thanks to the guy that he's backing up, William Contreras, coming off the bench. Craig Council not afraid to use the pinch hitters there. Christian Yelich led off, but he grounded out for the first out. Then they brought in uh, William to pinch hit for Jesse Winker with the left-on-left left with McFarlane on the mound, and William beats out an infield single. Willie gets hit by a pitch with two strikes, so that puts first and second. They go back to the bullpen for Owen Miller against Dominic Leone, and then a soft single for Owen on a on a play to Lindor. It loads the bases, and then Anderson hits the sack fly to deep right center field with the bases loaded to give them the lead. And Vic added a walk after that to reload the bases, but then unfortunately Bryce would end up grounding out to end the inning. If that's enough offense today, I mean, it is for today. It's not for the long run. Looking at the Brewers, once again, one for seven with runners in scoring position. That was the theme of the series, yet they somehow won three out of four. They left ten runners on base today. I mentioned it in the last segment, Augie, but as you get ready to see these Pittsburgh Pirates, I think the number one thing the Brewers need right now is to get out to a big lead. Just get out to a 4 nothing, get out to a 5 nothing to know that those leverage guys can finally get a breather coming up this weekend. The offense needs to step up this weekend if they want to make sure they can claim another series win. Well, I think anytime you play inside the division, you're playing against a young team like the Pirates, the first thing you want to do is you want to get up. You want to get a, get the lead early in the ball game, and you know the one thing that's been impressive with this ball club, and we always talk about the hitting. They're not scoring a lot of runs at times. At times, they're coming up with some big hits and scoring runs, but it's different guys. You're looking at a guy like Joey Weimer who's come up with some big games lately, you know, with the home runs and the guy hitting, getting base hits. Today he's 0 for four. Tonight he had he didn't get any hits, but there's other guys step up. Caratini was tonight. Owen Miller has just been he's been just a a. a very big plus for this ball club coming up with big base hits. It's the guys who step up. It's not always the same guys. Up and down the lineup each and every night, you're finding guys who can do little things to help this team win. And you're not, some days you're not going to score runs. You're facing Matt Serger, you're not going to score a lot of runs, but yet they stuck with him. I'll tell you one thing, I really like the approaches they had against him because what did Matt Serger do in six innings? He gave up the two runs. But he had 102 pitches. He was out of the ball game, and I thought the Brewers did a nice job at that. Yeah, they were definitely trying to attack Scherzer. Though I mean, it's Max Scherzer. And I know some folks are going to get mad about the offensive approach in those first six. It's Max Scherzer, guys. It's a future Hall of Famer. And I know we've had these conversations about them facing lefties, but this is Max Scherzer. Let's let's tap the brakes a little bit, and they got the job done today, right? Uh, I do want to talk about Bryce Terang coming back today, and Bryce. Being back, he saved a run on that great diving play. Uh, I believe that was in the fourth inning, if I'm not mistaken, third inning, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, Bryce was, play. man, Bryce, what he brings with the glove. He's a dynamic player defensively. He hit the ball hard a couple of times tonight. He got robbed a few times, too. He smacked that double into right center field. You see him up there with a purpose. He was not scared of Max Scherzer. He was hitting the ball hard. He was making plays all over defensively. And I, I I credit this to his mentality when he was optioned, right? When when we heard about him getting optioned, he said, don't worry. I, I understand this is part of the process, part of the journey. I'll be back. And he's back in the, you know, the greatest city in the world, and he's shining against Max Scherzer, robbing hits, hitting doubles, turning double plays. This dude... I wonder if this is going to be the start of something good for him because you can see a little bit of moxie, a little bit of confidence now that first time back in the big leagues. They want me back. I'm ready to show up. You know, Dom, it's it's kind of the Brewer formula when you look at 
the young players that they've had in this organization that, that, that come up to the big leagues very seldom. It doesn't make any difference whether you're an outfielder, infielder, pitcher, whatever. You come up and you get a taste of it, and you, you might have success early, which Tarang definitely did, uh, Weimer did, and all the guys uh, have, have a little bit of success. But as soon as they see seen that scale kind of tip where you're struggling away, they, they have that great communication with their players saying, you know what, we understand what's going on. Here's what I think you need to work. And they have that, that talk, that good communication with them. And I think Terang liked that. He liked the idea that, you know what, he knew defensively. He was one, he's one of the best second basemen in all of baseball right now, the way he plays. Great defense. He's got that strong shortstop arm, makes some great plays. But he understood that in order to be a great player, you have to swing the bat and you have to contribute uh, to the team. And he understood that, you know what, takes a lot of at-bats to be a good hitter in the big leagues. And he understood that, went down in the minors, got his time in down there, came back, and he got to hit tonight, but hit the ball hard. I thought he had some good swings at, at the at the plate. But he's a he's a big part of this ball club when you look at what this future holds for him. He's a, got that good, strong arm. He plays great, covers a lot of ground at second base. But I'll tell you what, at the plate, too, he's been swinging the bat great at times. He just has to be more consistent. He is going to learn how to be a big leaguer for a long time, and the Brewers hope he's going to be in a Brewers uniform for a very long time. we got one more segment with Augie. I see these texts rolling in here as well. I'll get to them in the next segment as well. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620 if you want to join us. We're with you until 1030 tonight. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings. Please go easy on me. Brewers get the win three out of four in New York. They win three to two tonight. I'm Dom Catronio. Now it's on to Pittsburgh. But let's put a bow on this game today and this 3-2 victory with our difference-making moment from this one. Uh, there's some defense. There's some pitches. There's some strikeouts. Augie, I'll let you have the floor first. What was your difference-making moment tonight? Uh, it's got to be the seventh inning. Pagaro coming in the game and getting starting Marte to hit into a double play. It doesn't get bigger than that uh, when you get late in the ball game and you got a, a veteran like Marte who can put the ball in play and do some good things. I thought just the way Pagaro came in and just went to that good sinking fastball, got that ball on the ground, and I'll tell you, Trang made a nice play. Uh, I thought that's the difference playing play in the ball game. Undoubtedly, it's only the sixth time in Marte's career that he's grounded into two double plays in a game. Uh, the Brewers had not had. Uh, three double plays in the game. They were looking for one in the ninth. They did not get it because Devin Williams slammed the door. I'm going to go a little bit differently. The fact that the Brewers, uh, I, like with Craig Council in the top of that seventh inning, working, you could see him stressing out. And I thought the difference-making moment was his moves to bring in Owen Miller, to bring in William Contreras, to not be shy with the bench, right? When, when you think about it, right, Jesse Winker was brought here to hit. He's not hitting. So he went to the bench and got to William Contreras. He gets an infield hit. I don't care about the exit velo. He got a hit. And then Rowdy Telez, right? You think this guy is going to be a big piece of your power picture? He hasn't hit a home run in over a month. Craig Council was not afraid to go to Owen Miller in that situation, keep him at first base. His versatility has been so huge. He beats out an infield single to keep the inning alive for Brian Anderson, who very quietly had a good day today. One for three, got ripped off on a couple of strikeout calls from Ron Culpa, but that's neither here nor there because he got the game-winning RBI on a sacrifice fly. The difference-making moment is brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches or financial products you're not actually going to need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning that's customized to who you are and what you need. AnnexWealth.com. 
want to address a couple of these texts with you here, Augie. 855-616-1620. I'm going to get an update quickly on the timelines here. This question from Tomas and McQuanago. Can you remind us about the timelines for Woodruff, Mitchell, and Ashby? Now, the easy one is Mitchell. He's out for the year. He's uh, torn labrum. I think best-case scenario is if he's somehow a pinch runner in the postseason, and that's even stretching it there. He's out for the year. He is not going to hit again. Ashby is on a track to play catch soon, but he is not yet playing catch. As for Brandon Woodruff, he threw another bullpen during this Mets series, he'll throw another one over the weekend in Pittsburgh. And then I think the next step after that would be lives. This is essentially another spring training for Brandon Woodruff. And I, I'm leading this to you now, Augie. Brandon Woodruff returning to the Brewers by the end of July, if things go according to plan, would be a massive lift. I Almost like a trade deadline acquisition, if you will. Getting Woody back, who hasn't pitched since the second week of the season, would be massive for this team. Dom, I'm in complete agreement with you. I think I think when you look at what Woody can do for your ball club, he's a warrior on the mound. He goes out and he challenges hitters, and he's one of those guys you can always have faith that is going to give you a good, strong outing and, and really battle in the game. And I think one of the things about this ball club, you're talking about this starting rotation. Now, the starting rotation has done a great job, but when you get the guy, a guy with the caliber of a, a Brandon Woodruff back, it's going to play huge with your ball club. And I think getting him back will really just help this ball club. And we have guys who have done a great job, but you got to get settled in. Once you get into the middle part of August and you get in that September to make a run, you got to have your best guys. And you definitely, when you talk about the Brewers pitching staff, Brandon Woodruff is one of those guys you got to have. Another text here from Aaron in Illinois. I thought this was going to be a tough game to win. The crew kept fighting and got the job done. This win kind of erases the disappointment from Tuesday. Three out of four on the road is all you can ask for, in my opinion. Piomps delivers yet again. Still on pace for a 7-3 and three trip. Also glad to see Turing back. Appreciate the text there, Aaron. Looking ahead to Pittsburgh now, Augie. This is a team that's trying to figure itself out right now, but they're coming off of a really fun weekend. A uh, week, I should say against the uh, San Diego Padres. Uh, they won again tonight by a uh, 5-4 final, so they just took that series, and they're playing better baseball. They're getting closer to what they were earlier. They called up a couple of the kids. This is not going to be a pushover series. They don't have their A arms lined up, but the offense has been playing better for them, and we know how Pittsburgh plays as a ballpark. I, I think this is an important day tomorrow that you avoid that hangover loss, if you will, after such a dramatic few games in New York, you're facing a team. There's probably not going to be as many folks in the crowd as there were in New York. Make sure you show up and bring energy yourself. Well, I tell you what, I really like that he got Freddie Peralta going tomorrow. Uh, I think one thing that Freddie's been doing, he's been getting a little bit better with his location on his pitches. I see that he's throwing his slider. He's not, not for that big sweeper they call slider. He's getting that short slider, getting it in the strikes. And I think when you start a series and you start it against a team like Pittsburgh, and nothing better with a guy like Freddie Peralta starting it. And I think, Dom, you and I talked earlier. A team like Pittsburgh, they're young, they're scrappy, they're not. They've, they're learning not to give in. They're learning that the game is 27 outs, and they're going to play 27 outs. And that's a, that's a real credit to this organization, Pittsburgh, what they're trying to do. But with the Brewers ball club, you've got to get on them early, and you've got to continue to pitch well out of that bullpen. They're going to keep coming at you, but this is a huge series to finish out this road trip, so it's going to be fun to watch. 
This could create some separation, a little more separation, right? We've been asking for a while to find a way for the Brewers to make this a two-horse race somehow, whether it be between them and Cincinnati, them and Pittsburgh, them and Chicago, whomever it is. But try to find a way to create separation. And this is a great weekend to do it. Ten straight games against divisional opponents, right? Three against Pittsburgh, four against the Cubs, uh, and then three against the Reds. And then you're going to follow up with three more against the Reds coming out of the All-Star break. So uh, no rest for the Wicked against the Brew- uh, for the Brewers against the NL Central. This is the opportunity. These next 13 games, this is where you figure out if you're for real and if the Central still runs through Milwaukee. Because at the end of the day, almost everything has gone wrong for the Brewers. They lose their star center fielder. They're playing multiple rookies all over the place. They lose their star number two man in Brandon Woodruff. They had question marks in the bullpen, and yet here they are. At the halfway point, 43 and 38. I don't think there can be any sort of disappointment when you figure everything else that's happened around this team right now. Yeah, I agree with you, Dom. I think the way this team is playing right now, they're starting to find their, their legs. And like, like you said, that bullpen is starting to come together a little bit. That's a wave they're going to have for the second half. But uh, when you talk about this ball coming, you talk about the game of baseball, it's how you play in your division. The next 13 games, like you just said, are going to be is living proof that if you play well these 13 games, it could really help you as you start the second half of the season. Since getting swept by the A's and losing the two to the Twins, they have responded very, very well. They played decent against Dimebacks, not great. That's the only series they have lost since those two games in Minnesota. So they're, they're on a better roll right now. So they've won three of their last four series. They're trying to make it four of their last five against Pittsburgh, close out this 10-game road trip, and come back home for a rocking house on the third, the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth against those dreaded Cubbies. And it should be a whole lot of fun back at American Family Field. But first, business trip across the Roberto Clemente Bridge out there in Pittsburgh, and we will be watching from afar. Jerry Augustine here on the program. Augie, thanks as always for your insight, my friend. You're always bringing it for us, and uh, we'll chat with you soon. Yeah, great being with you, Don. Big 13 games, great finish. Let's first finish out uh, this series and this road trip. Finish well in Pittsburgh. It's going to be a fun series to watch. All right, you can listen to it right here on WTMJ tomorrow night. It's televised on Apple TV+. And they have the feature that you can sync up the radio so you can hear Jeff and Lane on the call right there on Apple TV+. Tomorrow afternoon, we're going to step aside, take a quick breather, talk about who's hot. That's up next on Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Big weekend ahead for the crew. 855 616 1620. Again, 855 616 1620. I'm Dom Catronio. Thanks for joining us here on this Thursday night. Want to get to the phone lines? James has been waiting patiently through the break. James on the south side, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Yes, uh, I'm kind of. I know that uh, the guy that they sent down today or yesterday, uh, position player, he wasn't doing that great. But what happened to Zalecki that uh, they sent him down in the minor leagues? Uh, I thought he was doing pretty good there uh, in his uh, in his role of uh, you know coming in the uh, you know um, in a in a regular uh, you know later uh, later um, uh, what you want to call it, innings and stuff like that. I thought he was doing pretty good. Yeah, so it's a kind of a roster crunch situation, right? So uh, Peter Strzelecki was optioned yesterday uh, because they needed length. They needed somebody. They don't have another off day until the All-Star break. So they're going to finish this marathon here, these final 10 games in a row, 
uh, without an off day, and they're into a six-man rotation. So in case one of those starters gets lifted early from a game, they need to make sure they have length to get through it, and they have a seven-man bullpen. So they're essentially a man down in their bullpen because they've added a man into the starting rotation. And the reason why it's a roster crunch is because Peter Strzelecki was one of the only guys that had options available in this rotation. Peter will be back. Uh, Thomas Pannone, who they've called up, he's a left-handed pitcher. He was a starter in AAA. He can give you plenty of length. I thought that, I thought because all of a sudden you'd see him down in minor leagues and option him or whatever that is means all of a sudden we're going to see them and him and that other one that uh, position player they're going to be you know all of a sudden traded or something like that. I don't know. So when you look at Luis Urias, Urias was optioned performance-based. Peter Strzelecki was roster crunch option. He will be back just because of this current stretch of games that the Brewers just need. They they don't need a a single-inning reliever coming out of the bullpen right now when they have six guys in the starting rotation. When they have their final four kind of locked down with Hobie Milner, Elvis Piguero, Yoel Piamps, and, and then Devin Williams. And they still have Matt Bush available, too. They still have Bryce Wilson available. They've still got guys, aside from Pannone, to pitch games uh, late in a single-inning format. But for Arias, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. 68 plate appearances, a 145 batting average, a 299 on on-base percentage. Bryce Terwang had shown that he was ready to come up on a 13-game hitting streak, and he performed tonight. And Urias, maybe it's a chance for him to get back on the right track, find what he's looking for. It's been a, such a stop-and-start year for Weicho, given, remember, he played in the World Baseball Classic with Team Mexico, comes back to the spring training, plays decent in spring training, but then you know pulls his hamstring on opening day, yeah. and now he has to start over again with spring training. So it, it was performance-based for Weicho. Uh, I think he will be back at some point this year. But if performance continues to happen at the big league level with guys like Brian Anderson, with guys like Owen Miller, with guys like Bryce Terang even, I, I don't know how Weicho gets back up here. James, really do appreciate your call here on the program. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. want to talk quickly about who's hot. It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home this summer with cider. Don't wait until it's too late for your AC preventative maintenance. Man, it was toasty out there. I was caddying this morning. Don't wait until it's too late. Schedule your appointment today at cider. That's S-E-I-D-E-R dot com. Cider, heating, plumbing, and electrical. Families helping families since 1912. It's the bullpen. I mean, where other, what other direction can I go with the bullpen? Yesterday, a, a texter or a caller, I, I can't recall what, but was asking, how do we grade relievers if we don't want to use ERA? And it's a good question. And if you really want to get deep in the sauce, you know, you you guys know I I really like the advanced numbers. I don't want to bore you with the numbers because it takes a full definition with some of these. We're getting there. But this is one I think that really explains how the Brewers' bullpen has performed so well that's better than the way their ERA has gone. There's something called win probability added, okay? This is from Fangraphs. And you can do this based on an individual. You can do this based on a team. You can do this based on a position group as well. And win probability added is exactly what it sounds. Do they give you a better chance to win the game, yes or no? And the Brewers' bullpen in all of baseball, is the number one win probability added in baseball, 5.33. Now, that's hard to quantify, right? You don't know what to compare that to. Dom, I, I don't know what WPA means. I don't know what five. I don't know how five is good or bad. Well, let me tell you this. The New York Mets bullpen, not very good, right? Coming in tonight, there were negative 
win negative two WPA. Now it's not necessarily wins, right? Physical wins. It's not like wins above replacement or anything like that. But it's just the metric that they find and they're able to accumulate this stat. Anything over four is considered fantastic for a position group. And the fact that they're one of only three teams over four, the New York Yankees and the Reds. Now the Reds, there's a different story with that. And then the Brewers. The reason why the Reds are on here is because they have played so many games. They have given up runs, but then they get runs, they get leads back. They have pitched a lot with the lead because their offense is getting going, and then they lose a lead and they pitch back with the lead again. So that's a little bit misleading. I understand advanced numbers aren't perfect, but if the Brewers are leading something, that's very uh, important to know that the Brewers are leading something advanced, and it's a good way to quantify what their bullpen has been doing. I don't want to get too lost in the sauce on this. I encourage you to check out Fangraphs. They have a full glossary. I read Fangraphs every single morning, and it's how I started to understand this stuff. I've been reading it for the last six, seven years, ever since I got started in minor league baseball. So uh, the fact that we finally have something to quantify the Brewers and how well they've been doing uh, in win, win probability added, number one in baseball, and also 17 and third consecutive scoreless innings helps too. The bullpen is hot. It's brought to you by Cider. Great stuff. Let's hear from the skipper coming up next. Craig Council's got to be happy. Happy flight. Quick jaunt over to Pittsburgh after some chaos uh, today on the buses. I'll explain coming up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. More Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Listen, baby. I'm just going to let this groove for a little bit. Crank it, Matt. Ain't no Remember those lyrics. It's all good, man. It's a long season. We're at the halfway point. It's all good. We'll be here. Post game show. WTMJ, your home of the Brewers. I'm dancing in the studio. I promise. Just it's one of those songs that just always puts you in a good mood, right? I hope you're starting your day great. If you're listening on the podcast, you're on. Brewers All Access, or if you're listening live with us here on WTMJ, we're happy. I hope the skipper's happy. Here's what he had to say to the media after the game today. Um, you know, every pitch that they made this series, um, you know, I think with the exception of maybe the pitches Devin threw last night was in a one-run game, I, th- I think. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Except for yeah, in the game, so in the three games we won. So I mean, it, it's just that you know it's tied or you know one run game and pressure pitches, um, you know all all throughout and um, they just they just made great pitches. I mean the the double play ball that Elvis got for sure um, was a huge play, and then Devin just again, you know the situation never kind of changes his execution level um, and he feels like he's always in control of the inning and always doing what he wants to do and picking where he wants to be aggressive where he wants to be careful and, and that's just so impressive that was the case in that Nemo at that right yeah I mean he I mean he you know he was he still he got to three two you know we had we had we had a pitch to you know and he made a good pitch and wanted to make his pitch and he laid off and he went on to the next guy Victor on the field said you know, it's experience for Devin. I yeah. think that's a new career high for saves for him as well. Um, just, you know, the the work that he's given you in general here in the first half. 
Well, it's just been so solid, um, and um, you know the season started out a little little strange for Devin, um, but uh, you know it's 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 normalized, and he's pitching some tight spots and some big spots, and done a heck of a job. Do you need a, a lopsided game or two here just to get, get a reset? Yeah, I mean we need to we need to stay away from some guys. What about the work that you got from Hauser? Yeah, I mean Adrian was great. I mean. Um, you know, to, to go six innings um, and strong, and I and I thought you know they they kind of they hit two homers against them, and and then he was then he was just really solid after that. I thought he pitched beautifully after the, after the two two home runs. So um, just to get us through six was uh, really impressive. It was a nice surprise. Get right back in and make some. Yeah, he had a good game. He had a great defensive game. Um, so his his impact is um, you know we, th we thought with Adrian tonight kind of the reason to get him here instead of just wait till Pittsburgh was Adrian Hauser's pitching. There's going to be balls on the ground. There's going to be a chance for him to make some plays, and, and there was. The, uh, the approach against Scherzer, there were a couple innings there was some pretty loud comments. Yeah, I mean, that second inning, we did it. We had four balls on the screws and unfortunately didn't score. Um, you know, we had the walks in the next inning and couldn't get anything from them, and then he, then he kind of settled in when it was, and it was really solid. But, um, you know, that... You don't get too many innings usually against them. Unfortunately, the inning we had the lineup by Bryce, and then Blake hit a ball really well too. So, just the way it goes. Was sending Adrian back out for the seventh like considered all that much? No, to consider the ball just no. because of the way he hasn't pitched. Yeah, yeah. I, th I thought just was um, you know with who was coming up and um, you know the fact that we tied the game. Yeah. Craig, mathematical midpoint in first place. Does this fall into the category of you? You know, you put yourself in the right position to make the second half what you want. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're in this thing, and um, you know, that's that's um, what you want to be. You want to be right in it, and you want to have you give yourself a shot. And we've, there's no question, we've done that. The Brewers still need to make it clear they run the Central, and they have an opportunity here over these next 13 consecutive games against their divisional opponents. Now, I, I tease the fact that they had some transportation bus issues. In case you missed this, from Adam McAlvey and Kurt Hogue reporting on it today. Sophia Minnick told the story on television as well. The fact that the Brewers bus, uh, one of their buses from the hotel, they, they generally stay in Midtown, if, if you're familiar with New York City and the layout. The, the, the Mets play in Queens at LaGuardia Airport, essentially. That's why you hear the jet noise all night. But Midtown to Queens is quite a drive. I mean, in rush hour, that's 45 minutes to an hour without the president in town. So because the president in town, there were barricades, there was detours, and it was a mess. And multiple guys just got off the bus and did the subway route thanks to Hobie Milner. And then he comes in and pitches the game, and Adrian Hauser was on one of those uh, subway rides as well. Just just get on the 7 train, man. Just make sure you're going to Queens. It's not that hard. It's all good. And shout-out to GPS these days. Uh, big fan of stories like that. They got the job done, and they got the win. So let's relive it. Coming up next, highlights on Brewers Extra Inning. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Adrian Hauser versus Max Scherzer today. The finale from Queens. The Brewers needed a win to claim the series and need to do it in come-from-behind fashion after back-to-back -back home runs that were hit off of Hauser in the third inning from Brent Beatty and from Brandon Nimmo. So it was 2-0 for the first half of this contest. The Brewers could not solve Max Scherzer for the first few innings. They had runners on base. They had opportunities. They had left six runners on in the first five innings. 
Then a leadoff single from Rowdy Telez in the sixth. And with one out, Victor Caratini ready to go on the first pitch. Fly ball. Deep center field. Nimmo back. We are tied. Victor Caratini with home run number four. And he evens the tally at two apiece. Huge swing from Vic, his fourth of the year, his third on the first pitch. Now it's all tied up at two. We go to the seventh inning. The Brewers start a rally with some small ball, if you will. William Contreras, an infield single, legging it out. One with one out. Willie Adamas gets hit by a pitch with two strikes. Then Owen Miller coming off the bench hits an infield single. It loads the bases for Brian Anderson. 0-2 pitch. High fly ball, deep right center field. Racing back is Nimmo at the track, at the wall. He makes the catch up against the wall. Deep enough to get the run home, though, as tagging is Contreras. He will score, and the Brewers lead it 3-2. Now the Brewers clinging to that lead. In the bottom of the seventh inning, it was started by Hobie Milner. They got a, a single up the middle, then a fly out to center and what looked like it could have been an inning-ending double play. Instead, it clanked off of Brian Anderson's glove. An error put runners on the corners. Brendan Nimmo was then hit by a pitch with two strikes, so they had to go to Elvis Peguero for a huge moment there in the seventh inning. Bouncing ball back up the middle. Glove by Terang. Touches the bag at second. Throws to first in time. And the Brewers turn a double play and get out of the inning. It was the second time they got Marte in the game, and it leaves the score still 3-2 Brewers. And then in the final inning, the ninth, Devin Williams loads the bases with some drama. A base hit, a couple of walks. He's up there against Starling Marte, who he last saw in his big league debut. And yeah, he's got a new toy in his bag, and it's the airbender. And Williams coming back. Struck him out swinging with a changeup, and the ball game is over. 3-2 the final score, and the Brewers have taken three of four from the Mets. What a fun one. Jeff Levering, Lane Grindle on the call for this one. Brewers win 3-2. We'll wrap up the program after this. This is Brewers Extra Innings. All right, last minute of the show here. Upcoming schedule for the crew, finishing up the road trip in Pittsburgh. Virtually the same time, 5.30 pregame coverage for a 6.05 first pitch tomorrow night from PNC Park in beautiful Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Man, I love that ballpark, Roberto Clemente Bridge. If you've never been to Pittsburgh, and or if you've been to Pittsburgh and you're looking for something to do, the Roberto Clemente Museum is a 10 out of 10. you got to go see it. Appointment only, though, so keep that in mind. We're on the air at 5.30 tomorrow for a 6.05 first pitch central time. Then on the air at 2 on Saturday with Brewers warm-up with yours truly for a game that starts at 3.05. And then on Sunday, finish things up at 12.40. Central time against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And they're back home for a couple of uh, day games, the third at 3 o'clock and on the fourth at 1 o'clock against the Chicago Cubs. Then back to night games on Wednesday and Thursday against Chicago. So looking forward to that. And then also on Saturday, I'll be live at Summerfest with Alex Struff uh, on ESPN Milwaukee. Uh, and we'll be talking the state of the Brewers here at the Midway Point. Got some guests lined up for you, and uh, hope to hear from you there at Summerfest. Uh, my thanks to Matt Sossler, our producer, and to Jerry Augustine for joining. I'm Dom Catronio. Thanks for listening. Keep on swinging.